Well, hello, everyone. It's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And this week, we're going to talk about the concept of little in business or how you can still have a super successful career staying small and growing stronger, not bigger. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I hope you guys are having a great day. As I release this podcast, guess what? It is the first day of summer, or at least it is here in North America. And anyone in the northern hemisphere if you're if you're in like australia or new zealand or something i'm sorry <laughs> cuz well maybe you don't mind winter it's it's fine maybe you don't like maybe you don't mind like the fall winter time but uh, anyway yeah happy first day of summer after happy summer solstice to those of us in this part of the world hope you guys are looking forward to some vacation time or some extra chill time cuz you know the summer tends to be a time where we slow down take a bit of time to do some some extra things, enjoy the weather, all that kind of good stuff. So let's talk about this week's topic, which is the idea of small in business. Now, before I say anything else, you might be thinking, well, Candace, your podcast is for solo or, you know, like small clinic or small studio practitioners. Why are you talking about this topic? Because like, we're all small business people, we aren't, you know, going to become some big multinational corporation, like, I don't know, Nike or McDonald's or one of those, you know, we're we're really small, like, why does this even matter or apply to us? Well, I mean, the thing is, we can get caught up in this mindset of bigger is better, no matter where we are in our lives. In fact, I think as humans, we have a tendency towards that. So that's why I'm talking about this. And that's why it's one of the sort of three, well, more than three, really, but one of the three pillars of my business name, right? Happy little biz. So let's talk about that little concept for today. So Currently, I am reading uh, the book Company of One by Paul Jarvis. I just bought a copy like a week or so ago. Um, they were having a big sale on the Kindle edition. And I admit, I, I jumped on it right away because I've been thinking of buying the book anyway. And just, I have this backlist of reading, you guys. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm I'm not great at like sitting down and reading books. It's not like I don't care about reading. It's just that I'm busy, or I've got other things I want to be doing. Or, you know, at this time of year, like I said in the intro, I, I want to be like outside enjoying the weather and not necessarily sitting and reading a book. So anyway, I am currently reading Paul Jarvis's Company of One, which came out at the end of last year. I do recommend it, by the way, if you're looking for something to read. And while I'm not completely finished the book, it's a really great read. And even though it's more about sort of the corporate startup, et cetera, versus the freelancer, so sort of a solo business owner versus, you know, being in the startup culture or the corporate culture, and 
it's about that world because that's the world that Paul works in. Um, just very, very briefly, for those of you who don't know who Paul Jarvis is, he uh, lives on Canada's West Coast. He's currently on Vancouver Island in a small town there. And his background is that he used to work at, like at a web agency as a designer, like way, way, way back, like in like the 90s, I think. And then he went out on his own as a freelancer and has never looked back. And that's the world, you know, he he's from is that is that kind of, you know, freelancer versus sort of corporate agency environment kind of stuff. That's that's the, you know, tech. That's the world he's from. But it's really applicable to anyone. You might think, you know, while I'm not in tech, like why does this matter to me? But it really is applicable. And I'll get into more about how we, you know, health, wellness and fitness people can experience the very same issues as the tech and freelancer worlds in in a minute, you know, just let me get there. I'll get there. <laughs> so let me read you a few lines from early in the book. I think it's like the first or second chapter. Um, and of course, all credit to Paul Jarvis here. He is a great writer. Um, I just wanted to read you a little bit so you get sort of a flavor of what the book's about. So society has ingrained in us a very particular idea of what success in business looks like. You work as many hours as possible and when your business starts to do well, you scale everything up in every direction. To this day, this strategy is considered what it takes to be successful in business, solving problems by adding more to the solution. Anyone who stays small in this line of thinking hasn't done well to add more to the mix. But what if we challenge this way of thinking in business? What if staying small is what a company does when it's figured out how to solve problems without adding more to them? And then later on, he goes on to say, for companies of one, the question is always, what can I do to make my business better? Instead of, what can I do to grow my business larger? And end quote there. This is definitely food for thought. And you know, it's extremely easy to get caught up in what the world tells us success looks like. And we talked about that in last week's episode, and I've talked about it in previous episodes. We can end up chasing a dream thinking we need, you know, to do this in order to make good money or be seen as successful or make people proud of us or whatever it might be. It's very easy to convince ourselves that when we're not earning enough, and the caveat here, by the way, is that I'm not talking about new grads when it comes, you know, or people who are new to a city or people who are new to a certain business um, when I'm talking about not earning enough. Those people are in at one situation. I'm talking about the people who have a pretty full client list, you know, you're booked up a lot of the time, and yet you still feel like you're not earning enough. We think the solution is to grow bigger. And growing bigger doesn't necessarily mean, you know, turning into a big corporation. Growing bigger can simply be, you know, offering more hours or bringing on more services or having someone else come in as a subcontractor and therefore you're earning off their rent or their percent split or whatever your, your, uh, your agreement is with them. But here's, the, here's my food for thought for you. Why is this the correct solution and why does this even make sense for a lot of us? Because here's the thing, and this is what I hinted at a few minutes ago, as health, wellness or fitness professionals... We might think we've opted out of this whole like corporate startup venture capital tech company vibe that like a lot of us uh, get involved in because it is a big part of the world these days, technology, right? And then a lot of the jobs come from that sector. And we think we've opted out. And in some ways, 
you're totally right or we're totally right. Your day-to-day work looks very different from what people in startups and big business and tech do day-to-day. That is 100% true. I'm not going to dispute you on that. However, the thing we don't realize is that a lot of the same things that drive people working in startups and tech and corporate environments, it well, it drives all of us. It's part of being human, wanting to be successful, wanting to have money to do the things we love, wanting people to be proud of us, whether it's your inner circle or like you want to be somewhat famous, like that's something that you you see, you know, or as being desirable, especially in this world of influencers, right? It's, it's, that's totally a thing these days. And we see these influencers and we, you know, I'm not saying everyone's like this, but we want to be like them or wanting to be thought of as an expert at what you do. A lot of people get caught up in that. So just because your career path has taken a different shape from these people that are talked about in Company of One, and again, you know, the the tech companies or the corporate environment, uh, finance, all that kind of stuff, just because your career path isn't the same as theirs, that doesn't mean you're not going to get pulled into the same desires. They're just going to manifest a little bit differently. You know, Instead of trying to get venture capital for your big idea, you might instead work hard to get a small business loan to open that new studio or clinic or whatever it is. Instead of opening new offices in several countries, you might start offering mobile or at-home services in order to reach more people, which is sort of like opening another office in a way. Instead of spending hours coding and text, testing and debugging and so on, the new app that is hopefully going to make your company lots of money... You instead spend hours taking courses and a lot of money usually in order to offer the latest and greatest techniques to your clients that they've been asking about because, I don't know, Gwyneth Paltrow talked about it in Goop or some Oprah talked about it or somebody's been talking about it. It's been mentioned on the Olympics, whatever. So you get caught up in that. Instead of rapidly hiring a bunch of new people to support the growth you're hoping for, Well, actually, that does kind of happen in health, wellness, and fitness, doesn't it? You see clinics and studios and gyms hiring people all the time in the hopes that more practitioners is going to equal more people through the door, which is going to equal more success and more money, more money, more better, right? Same thing, different package. The thing I want you guys to ask yourselves right now is, do you actually want to have a larger clinic, studio, gym, whatever it is that you do? Do you actually want to offer the latest and greatest trendy techniques or methods or whatever it is? Do they actually align with your goals or are you just doing it because you think you'll get more money? Do you want to offer at-home services or are you just doing it because you think that growth is the only way to make things work? Is growth in any of these directions really what you want? So be honest with yourself. Is this actually something you dream about? Like, is this the kind of thing that like when you were thinking about your career, that's what you really, truly wanted? And it's like the perfect scene for you? Does the idea of having to be the boss of a larger company, because that's exactly what you're going to have, excite you? And especially if you're opening your own sort of bigger clinic or studio or, you know, whatever it is, do you want to deal with the administration and the issues and the vendors and the accounting and the paperwork and uh, personality clashes between, you know, people because that's sometimes going to happen and so on and so forth that comes with all of that? Because remember, the bigger the business, the harder it is to run. And that 
even counts if you're just bringing on one extra person to take some of the client load off of you. There are many more things to think about once you have a bunch of employees or subcontractors and a bigger rented space and a landlord and more taxes and so on and so forth. Again, the bigger the business, the more tricky it is to run. If you can say yes to all that, like maybe you don't relish the idea of having to deal with like the bigger accounting and more paperwork and stuff, but you you like you're cool with that. You think like that's okay because I'll get my dream. I'm excited about that. If you genuinely can say that, then yes, um, your dream totally is to have that bigger company, bigger clinic with many, many practitioners, big yoga studio with multiple teachers, big meditation center, all the power to you. I wish you luck. I hope it all works out awesome. Go grab your dream. Kick it in the butt. I'm happy for you. However, if you are like a lot of solo practitioners and listening to me talk about, you know, this bigger clinic mindset kind of makes you go, ugh, like I really don't want that, but I kind of feel like I have to. Well, guess what? You kind of got stuck in thinking that you had to grow your business because that's just what's done in the world or that's how you think you'll earn more money or that's what people expect of you or because you're already successful. So in order to meet demand, you need to grow bigger, even though you really don't want to. And you know what? Just stop that. Stop that line of thinking where you have to grow bigger right there. Take a deep breath. And think about what you actually want. Just like we talked about in last week's episode. We talked about getting in touch with what you actually want at your core. Now, before I go on, I want to take a second to remind you guys of something really important. And that is that money isn't everything, okay? I talked about this a couple of episodes ago. And, you know, it's really important because often people in this health, wellness, and fitness industry, but in every industry, including the tech industry, They talk about how working for another place instead of running your own business is bad because they end up telling people, oh, but you'll earn so much more money if you just work for yourself. So maybe you should just do that. Why aren't you? Why aren't you doing that? That's crazy to go work for someone else. But remember, there is so much more to life than money. And honestly, earning more doesn't make people happier. I can't stress this enough. The tendency is honestly, and like there are many articles out there about this, as we earn more, we spend more in general. There are some people who seem to be immune to this, but for the most part, you earn more, you spend more. So you need to earn more to spend more to support your lifestyle and then earn more to spend more to support that. You get the idea, you know? Rich people... Often, I'm not saying everybody's like this, but often, you know, when you think of somebody who has a lot of money, what do you think of? Well, you think of like expensive houses, expensive cars and all that. And you're like, well, they can afford that. Yeah, they can afford that because they have, they put this pressure on themselves to keep earning a lot of money. But like, do you actually want those things? I mean, it's okay if you do, but most people don't really care that much about that stuff. They just kind of get caught up in like, well, you know, since I make lots of money, obviously I have to, you know, have the things to show for it. It's kind of weird, isn't it? What if instead of thinking about how we can spend our millions of dollars, 
we instead decided what our enough number was or enough number is in life. So this is a concept that Paul talks about in the book, Company of One. And I've also seen talked about in many other small business entrepreneurial circles. Like it's not just Paul who's who's talked about this concept. There are many people who talk about this concept. What if we looked at our life and what's important to us and we decided how much income we really need to support that life that we really truly want instead of just blindly thinking more money is better? Because society really has trained us to think that money is like extremely important and the thing that we have to think about in every moment of our lives. Okay, maybe I'm being a bit overdramatic here, but it is something that society has taught us that we really need to be kind of almost obsessed about. So for example, people in employee situations are given raises for a job well done, and they will leave one company for another, sometimes just because the new company will pay them more. I realize it's not always like that. I realize there are many good reasons to leave one job for another. Maybe, you know, like uh, it's closer to home or you like the job duties better or, you know, you'd be working with someone in the profession you really uh, respect or whatever. But often people make decisions based primarily or at least heavily leaning on the amount of money they'll make. And that seems a bit bizarre to me. Now, again, I am all for being respected for what you do and being paid appropriately and all that kind of stuff. But there has to come a moment where you need to think about how much money is actually enough for you, how much you actually need for your life. Does it make sense, for example, to leave a job that you absolutely love? You love your coworkers, you're making enough money to pay the bills and you're comfortable, things are great, for a different job just because it's going to pay you more. Like, That doesn't make any sense to me, but people make those choices all the time. And they they say, oh, yeah, but this one pays me $15,000 more and I get bonuses and I get this and I get that. And it's like, yeah, but like, did you think about the rest of the picture? Because a lot of people, they they don't really. They just look at the money And, and like the perks, like the benefits. You know, oh, it has a bigger benefit package. I get more dental or whatever. Now, again, I want to be clear here. If you are struggling to pay your bills, that's a different situation. That is a completely different situation. This is not the situation we are talking about. Sometimes you might be working somewhere that takes a really big cut of your pay and you can barely afford your rent and keeping food in your fridge, okay? Or you might not have that solid client base built up yet or, you know, customer base if you do something where your people are more customers, And you're really struggling with all that stuff. I get that. Don't worry, especially in a city like Toronto or New York, Vancouver, like places where it's very expensive to live. Okay. We've said this before. And again, I do get it. The people I'm talking about are the ones that have their basic needs met. They have some money left over for extras that are important to them, like hobbies, vacations, going out with friends, spending money on their kids, saving for the future, whatever it is you want to do with your money that's important to you. And that does not look the same for everybody. I just want to emphasize society teaches us that like we should all kind of follow the same pathway, save money for retirement, buy a house, buy a car, blah, blah, blah. But like, what if you don't give a crap about those things? Then that's okay, guess what? That is totally fine. You don't need to do the the same things as everyone else, including having kids, including growing a bigger business, including whatever, including climbing the corporate ladder. You don't need, you know, again, 
as health and wellness and fitness professionals, you've kind of opted out of that a little bit, but not completely. The mindset's still there. But yeah, if you have enough, this is what I'm trying to say here. If you have enough money to do all those things that are important to you, then you need to pause and ask yourself if having more is actually necessary or are you just kind of feeding into society's like, you know, dialogue that having more is better and that you need more, you need to buy the bigger house that has the pool in it or you need to do this, you need to do that. This is especially true when having more is going to force you to work more hours or have more responsibilities on your plate or spend more time at the computer doing paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. You get the idea, okay? Growth and success have a big effect on your day-to-day living and that just doesn't make good sense sometimes. So why are you trading free time spending that you could spend with your friends, your family, your kids on hobbies, on just getting out in nature, whatever, for more money and more stress when you don't actually need the money, and of course the stress, for a good life? That's the question I'm really posing to you all. That's the question the company of one is posing to us. That's the question that a lot of people are posing these days. So now that I've talked about that at quite some length, how do you grow your business stronger, not bigger? The thing that I I hinted about at the very beginning here. So in other words, how do you give a little boost to what you're already doing so you don't feel stagnant? Now, I get that people who love what they do want to improve what they do. And the way society teaches us, us is, you know, the way you improve it is to grow bigger. But what if we're opting out of the growth cycle? What do we do instead? Well, here's some quick fire ideas just to get you thinking. You know, I'm not going to go into too big a depth on these, at least not in this episode, maybe in a future one. So the first thing to think about is offering amazing so-called customer service to your clients. So taking extra time with your clients to help them out, you know, um, that kind of thing. I'm not proposing that you work tons of time for free, of course, but I just mean really, really being there for your clients. You know, if they have a concern, getting back to them quickly. If they want to book an appointment, getting back to them quickly. Um, you know, if they have a question about something and you can't answer it, find out who can and refer them on. Just all that kind of stuff. Just Really develop great working relationships with your clients because honestly, that's going to grow your business in a different kind of way. It's going to give it like that depth and heart without, you know, oh, well, you know, like, you know, all clients, fine. You know, I want to have thousand clients in my book and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, how about having like a small number of really awesome clients who are seeing you super regularly because you're so awesome? How about that? So amazing customer service is one way you can... Grow your business stronger, not bigger. You can become that person that everybody loves. You know, you're not a big clinic, but they love you and they want to book with you and they want to send all their friends and family to you because you're so awesome. The second thing to think about is how can you grow the amount of money you're making without putting more strain and stress on yourself, okay? Because sometimes we do need more money. Like let's say, you know, your enough number, the number that you sort of calculated to be like what you would like to make to live, you know, a, a good, comfortable, but not excessive life, you know, with focusing on the things that are important to you. You've calculated and you realize you're not quite there yet. You need to do something else. Well, how can you increase your income without offering new services you don't even really want to offer, but you're just doing it because it's trendy and it'll make money. Or, you know, 
offering mobile services in order to increase the number of hours that you can book. Let's say like you've got just a limited number of hours that you can rent from a studio or clinic or wherever it is you're normally working and you need to figure out how to add more hours, even though really you don't want to do that, but you're doing it anyway because that's how you make more money. Well, okay, no. How about we find another way to make more money? Have you considered raising your fees? Have you done it recently? A lot of people in health, wellness, and fitness are shy or nervous to raise their fees because they think that people aren't going to want to pay them more. Like, you know, oh no, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to charge more. You know, it, it will hurt people. Whatever. Maybe, maybe it is time to raise your fees if you haven't raised them in a while. You know, or can you create something that people can purchase or add on? that doesn't take a lot of extra energy. Maybe it does like upfront, like maybe it'll take you a little while to create like say an ebook or a like a product that people can purchase at your clinic or studio. So it takes a bit of time upfront, but once it's created, it's created. You know, and you obviously you need to maintain it, but like overall on the long game, it's not going to be a lot of stress. So is there something that you can add on? Like I said, an ebook or like a simple service or start selling um, sort of a product that, you know, you do honestly believe in and you think can help people. Any of those kinds of things. Is there a way that you can increase your income without growing your business, without hiring new people, get, making yourself a bigger clinic, you know, adding on services you don't want to add on, you know, is there a way you can increase your, your income without doing those things? So that's another thing to think about. Another thing to think about when it comes to growing stronger, and this one might sound a little bit harsh, but I see this a lot. And honestly, it's kind of getting over yourself. And what, what, well, what the heck do I mean like that? Like, Candace, like, that's kind of like a rude thing to say. Well, here's the thing. You offer a service, but to respect, be respected for it, you need to act a certain way that makes people want to respect you. Being humble is important. But what I find happens a lot of the time with health, wellness, and fitness people is they start getting a bit of a chip on their shoulder. They start going, you know, oh, well, I went to school for this and I have this education and, you know, I have these protected titles or I do this and I do that. And, you know, I went to school for 10 years for this. And they just get this like inflated sense of self when it comes to their job. And I'm sorry, that's not attractive. So if you are in kind of that cycle or like you're feeding off of maybe you weren't like that, but you're feeding off the other people on social media or in life who are like that. Uh oh, we have a little bit of a problem here, right? Because nobody wants to go honestly to the practitioner who's all like, you know, full of themselves and talking about how they're better than the practitioner down the street or like, oh, well, you know, you should see me instead of this different type of practitioner because I know what I'm doing. So when it comes to, you know, your knowledge of your profession, whatever it is you do, be humble. That's all I'm asking because it just it doesn't look good if you're constantly talking about how like, for example, I'm just I'm just going to come out and say it. often I will see, for example, massage therapists going, I will never work for a chiropractor. They're so full of themselves. They think that they run the show and they do all the assessments. And as massage therapists, we should be running the show. We shouldn't be letting them tell us how to run our practice. All chiropractors are like this. I will never work for one again. Guys, calm down. 
Now I'm getting a little fired up here. Calm down. You shouldn't paint everybody with the same brush. Just because you had a bad experience from one practitioner who, or like say a couple practitioners who had that chip on their shoulder, who weren't humble, who were full of themselves, does not mean that they're all like that. There are awesome chiropractors out there who are very humble, who are awesome in what they do, who totally respect you for what you do. But at the same time, you have to show them the same respect. You know, sort of like the two wrongs don't make a right. Anyway, I'm talking about this topic way too much. But basically, if you want to grow your practice, your business stronger, not bigger, one of the things you have to do is be humble, be understanding, be willing to like work with other practitioners in different ways, be humble about the fact that your client is probably seeing other practitioners, being cool with that, you know, dialoguing with them about that, being like, oh, hey, that person you're seeing sounds really cool. Can I get their contact information? I think I'd like to like refer people to them. That kind of stuff, you know, just being like, just making your business stronger in that way by just being very open to what else is out there. That's all I'm saying here. <laughs> and while we're talking about that, actually, getting to know your colleagues around your area, whether it's because clients come in talking about like the awesome practitioner in another uh, type of offering or type of business or type of you know, type of thing. Um, or it's getting to know other people that are in your area, even if none of your clients have seen them, whatever. This is an awesome way to still help people out and sort of grow your circle of grow your circle of like referrals and like grow your business in a certain kind of way without actually growing your business, without actually making it stressful. So that if somebody needs a service, you have one at your fingertips to provide to them. It's just not coming out of your pocket. It's not like, or in other words, it's not uh, your responsibility. All you're doing is saying like, hey, you know, if you need to see a chiropractor, my colleague so-and-so who works, you know, um, works a uh, five minute drive from here is really awesome. I went in and met them there. They have, I have great feedback from their clients. I definitely recommend you see them. That kind of stuff. You don't have to be the person to provide the service. You don't. You, you really don't. And if you think you do, then you're getting, you might be getting stuck in that, you know, money mindset that like you need to keep your clients close and not refer them out. No, like if you refer them out, if they respect you, they'll come back. They'll see you for that service and they'll see the chiropractor, whoever it is, for another service. And on that kind of service offering idea, another thing about growing your business stronger and not bigger is expanding your service offerings in ways that make sense and align with what you want from your career. So again, you know, we talked about this earlier. Don't just go with the latest trendy treatment. Go with something that makes sense to what you want to do. So if you want to see more athletes, then learn kinesio taping or learn uh, fitness instruction for runners or like just whatever. I'm like literally throwing out random things, but like Go with things that actually make sense to the way you want to grow your business and not just like whatever's trendy and you think will make you more money. And last but not least, and I already touched on this, I'll just say it briefly, learning from experts outside of your profession is really huge for growing stronger, not bigger. Because you know what? You end up being really one-sided if you only learn from people in your own profession. And like, we all have this tendency. It's not just one profession that does this. I'm not going to point fingers here. Um, we all have a tendency to do this. We network with others who do exactly what we do. We take courses from people who do exactly what we do or very close to it. We friend people on social media who do the same thing that we do. 
you know, it's human and it's common and that's fine. We like familiarity. We like, you know, being a, knowing that somebody's going to understand us in a certain kind of way because they relate, you know, and it happens with everything, you know, yoga, yoga people like, like outside of like, just say you're a practitioner and you don't teach it, you have no involvement. Yoga people tend to friend other yoga people. Runners tend to friend other runners. Uh, artists tend to friend other artists. It's just, it's just what we do. It's just how we are. It's normal. But trust me, having an outside perspective. So, you know, looking to people who don't do what you do at all. Maybe they work in charities. Maybe they work in corporations. Maybe they work in finance. Maybe they work in IT. Maybe they work in... I don't know, I'm trying to think of something like really out there that has nothing to do with healthcare at all. Maybe they work in like security. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they are police officers. Like whatever it is, you know, learning from those people will give you different perspective and it's going to make a huge difference on your business. So for example, you don't have to meet the people necessarily. I mean, it's it's great if you can, if you're going to, if you go to like a networking event that's for local businesses and not just health businesses, health and wellness and fitness businesses, you can, you can do that. But you can also like read books from people and like in marketing or tech, or like I said, you know, um, who work in finance or who work in whatever. And you can also do things like subscribe to newsletters from people who can offer you business or like different perspectives, but again, aren't in health, wellness, and fitness at all. So that's another piece of advice I have for you. It just, it gives you a broader range of knowledge and it really helps you see things from different perspectives that you may not have considered before. And it does help with getting you out of that sort of like chip on the shoulder, I know what I'm doing kind of mindset. It makes you more humble and it makes you just better, just aware of what's going on in the world and like what other people's perspectives might be because we're not all the same, right? Different people have different experiences and different ideas. So so that's it for this week's topic, basically. I hope this gave you something to think about when it comes to growing your business because this is something that I really, truly take to heart and I think is really important. I think we all get sort of caught up in the, like this rat race of like more, 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 more. But ultimately, honestly, like if you get to retirement age, quote unquote, because I mean, a lot of people, honestly, these days aren't retiring. They're just kind of continuing to work for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, if we're talking about my father-in-law, it's I think it's because he actually likes working <laughs> to a certain extent, at least. If we're talking about, you know, some of my friends, I, you know, who are older, again, you know, a lot of them, it's not necessarily because of finances. It's just because they're kind of like, well, what the heck would I do with myself if I wasn't working? I kind of like working. I like the social aspect of working. I like, you know, being, I like, I like it. I don't know what the heck I'd do with myself if I so-called retired totally opposite of my parents who retired early and like spend their days like working on their house and doing other things. But anyway, all to say, you know, we get caught up in, you know, the the more, 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 I need to grow bigger, I need to do this, I need to do that. But if you look back on your life, when you get into your like, say, late 60s and into your 70s, mm, growth is not necessarily the most important thing. You know, there are many more important things in life. And I think that's the way we need to approach our businesses is to think about what's important to us uh, aside from that, all right? 
So that's it for this week's episode. I hope you guys have a great start to summer and I will be back with you next Friday with yet another episode on this topic of, you know, happy little biz and uh, getting back to the core of it. Take care and see you soon. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I really do appreciate your time and your efforts. The times that you guys contact me with ideas for the podcast or comments about episodes or ratings and reviews, all of that, I really love it. I read all of it. I do really appreciate you guys. Um, By the way, if you would like to leave me a formal review, of course, I would really appreciate that. Head on over to iTunes, find my podcast, so Life Beyond the Massage Table. Click on ratings and reviews and then just give me a rating and a review. Five stars, of course, and a glowing review. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, let me know what you really think, but I do appreciate five stars as well. Let's be real here. Now, for you guys that might be new to the podcast, let me briefly introduce myself here. My name is Candace Eisner, and I am a former massage therapist in the province of Ontario, and I've also worked in various other health and wellness careers. So I've got a pretty good view of what it's like to do what you guys do. My mission right now is to help those in health, wellness, and fitness careers build strong businesses because I really believe to my core that taking care of others has to start with taking care of you. So that's what this podcast is all about, is helping you build a business that really matches who you are and what you value and what's important to you so that you feel happy when you go to work each day. You feel like this career is the right one for you, that everything just works so much better for your life. Now, before I finish off and let you guys get about, you know, go about your day, I will mention where you can find me on social media if you would like to. The main place you can interact with me if you'd like to just chat or see what I'm posting about or, you know, get on my newsletter list or any of that kind of stuff, find me on Instagram. Um, Happy Little Biz is my username. Or, of course, you can head over to my website, happylittlebiz.com, and there's links to all that stuff there. All right, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll be back at you soon.